Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Friday, the 23rd of October, 2020. And today is the 100th episode of this podcast. So thank you to all of you that have joined us on this journey as we dig into God's Word together every day. Uh, It's been so enjoyable to do that. One of my passions in life is to get people into the Word of God and help them get more out of the Word of God. And I've been really encouraged to hear from some of you how this podcast has helped you do that. And hey, I'll sign up right now for a hundred more days and beyond. Let's go. Let's keep digging into God's word together because I know that as we do, we will find life through Jesus Christ in his word. And today, I don't want us to just look back at the last 100 days, and I don't want us just to look forward to the next 100 days. I want us thinking about what about a hundred years from now? What are we going to, what, what are things going to be looking like then? Well, God's Word gives us some answers today in really one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible, and that is 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. And this passage gets us looking forward to the future, and I just want to spend some time going through this passage together today. It begins really after the introduction there. First Peter is written to a more broad audience uh, and all those areas it lists there in verse one, probably all around the modern country of Turkey. And so he's writing to what looks like Christians that have been dispersed probably through persecution. And then he gets down to verse three and he says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. So there it says, according to God's mercy, we have a living hope. We have a hope that is alive. We have a hope that is sure, right? And we think about that often. It is not a you know, cross my fingers, whole kind of hope. It is a confidence. It is a living hope. And our hope is alive because Jesus Christ is alive. Because he rose from the dead, we have hope in life beyond death. And it says that our inheritance is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept In heaven for you. Those are all very powerful words that should boost our confidence. It is imperishable. It cannot die. It cannot go bad. It can't spoil. It is undefiled. It can't get ruined in any way. It's unfading. Our our inheritance in heaven will not get any worse. I mean, any new thing that you have ever bought in your life, it's so cool when you get it, but inevitably, it loses a little bit of its shine. It, you know, gets some dings and scratches. Our hope has nothing like that. Our hope is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept. It is reserved in heaven for us. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast or you listen to my sermons, you probably catch on one thing. I enjoy this game called golf, right? And one of the meccas of golf on this planet 
is Pebble Beach. Pebble Beach, amazing golf course there in, in Monterey, California. And I remember the first time I ever went there uh, with, with my family. And I am seeing this, this course, like half the course is literally right on the ocean. We're standing by the 18th green, looking out at the Pacific Ocean, looking at golfers playing this golf course. And I'm like, am I in heaven or what? And I look around and there's this hotel surrounding the 18th hole, you know, which at that time, the price per night is probably something more than, you know, my... uh, high school mind could have possibly imagined. And I'm looking, man, what if I had, you know, what if I could get one of those rooms and stay there? And I just started realizing, you know what? I have a reservation and I have a reservation somewhere so much better than this. We have a hope in heaven and it is going to be better than the best place you could possibly imagine on planet earth. And what's going to be better than the place itself is that we will be with Jesus. And so we have a hope in that. And that hope is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. We have, as believers, a reservation with Christ in heaven. Our hope is alive. And until then, God's power is guarding us through faith. For that. That's what it says in verse five. And now we get to some of the practical right now applications of that as we go on. In verse six, it says, In this you rejoice, though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. I love how it even explains trials there. They are really in the grand scheme of things for a little while, and for believers, they are only if necessary. So are you going through hard things right now? Well, when you consider your reservation for eternity in heaven, they're for a little while and God is only giving them to us as necessary when they are necessary for us. And they're proving the genuineness of our faith. And then because of that, in verse eight, though we have not seen Jesus Christ, we love him. And though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So this future hope that we have, this reservation that we have in heaven should give us a different perspective on trials. They're only temporary and only when they're necessary. And we have a hope in Christ. And what we, I hope, experience today on the 23rd of October, 2020, on the 100th day of doing this podcast, I hope that causes us to experience a love for Jesus Christ. And I hope it causes us to experience a joy today, no matter what's going on in our lives. Because, hey, we know where we're headed. We know where our reservation is. And we're we're looking forward to that, being with the one we love in a place where there's no more suffering, no more sorrow. We long for that day. And it all rests on the promises of God. And we see more of those promises as we turn now to the Old Testament and to the book of Jeremiah. And we're starting to see a changed tone a little bit in Jeremiah, where he has spoken extensively now about the judgment that is coming on Judah. But we saw a shift even as he writes the letter that we saw yesterday to the 
the people in exile. And today, most of the prophecy we're going to read is looking forward and it's positive. In, in chapter 30, we see him referring to the restoration of the people of Judah. And even we see some things, I think, that are pointing forward to Christ and even to, to still future. We see in chapter 30, verse 8, And it shall come to pass in that day, declares the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off your neck, and I will burst your bonds, and foreigners shall no more make a servant of him. But they shall serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I will raise up for them. I think that is ultimately fulfilled in the son of David, Jesus Christ. And I think ultimately we're even still looking forward to a day where where even the Jewish people will worship their king as he reigns on this earth. So we see the promises, but we also see promises made to, to, to everyone and things that we already are seeing fulfilled now in this New Testament, New Covenant age that we live in. And that's where, where do we get even this idea of a new covenant? It comes from Jeremiah 31, 31 and the following verses. When God says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant I made with their fathers on the day when I took them from the, by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each one his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. And and, Through the book of Hebrews, which we've read recently, we see how the new covenant era has been inaugurated. You and I can be partakers of the new covenant through Jesus Christ and know that forgiveness of sin, have a new heart put within us. And these are great promises that we see in the prophet Isaiah. Now, again, we see those promises. We look at first Peter. We look forward to our living hope. That does not mean that things will always be easy. And that is what we see in Psalm 119 today as we look at verses 81 through 88 in the Hebrew letter Kaf. And uh, we see there, starting in verse 81, he says, my soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. I think some of the things he's expressing here are actually pretty similar to what we saw in 1 Peter 1. That was written to persecuted Christians. The writer of Psalm 119, he's feeling persecuted or stretched in some way because he's like a wineskin in the smoke. But in the midst of it, what is he doing? He's looking to God's promises and he's holding fast to his commandments. That sounds like what we read in 1 Peter. We're looking forward to God's promises. And in the meantime, we're keeping his commandments, holding on to him, looking to him for leadership in our lives, keeping his statutes. So this might be a good passage to pray through as you try to process even 1 Peter 1 and you look forward to that living hope that you have only through Christ. Well, in the meantime, when we feel like a wineskin in the smoke, right? When we feel like, man, things are hot, we're getting stretched, uh, we, we look to God. 
And we, we find our hope in him, even when there's persecution, we, we trust in God. And we pray things like this in verse 88, in your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. May that be our prayer, even when things are hard. Let's look forward to our hope and let's lean into God's commandments. Finally, we look at John chapter 5, verses 1 through 17. And now I've been preaching through the gospel of John at Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley. And and going through this passage, I want to just highlight briefly something at the very end, right? He heals the man at the pool of uh, the pools of Bethesda. Uh, which is an amazing miracle and a lot that we studied there, but it's at the very end, verse 17. But Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am working. And that was some of the things that I learned going through and studying this passage was I think that phrase there is connected to this whole controversy of the Sabbath. And, And even, you know, they would debate the question, well, does God really rest? And they kind of came, you know, he set that in a pattern in creation that, you know, he didn't create anymore on the seventh day. But of course, God never really rests because he's always working and always upholding the universe and all of these things. And so I think Jesus' statement there has even more significance than just his connection to the Father. He's saying, hey, just like the Father is always working, I am always working. He is making a statement of equality with God. And that's really going to pick us into tomorrow's reading where we look at how they responded and then how Jesus responds back to them. So I'm excited to get into that tomorrow. And I have loved spending the last 100 plus days as we you know, take Sundays off and focus on what we're doing at church. I've loved spending these 100 days digging into God's word together. And I'm confident that we could do this for 100,000 more days and we would never ever exhaust the riches and the wonders that we can find in God's word. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. And I wanna give a special thank you today to two specific people that have done a lot to make that website and this podcast happen every day. So a special thank you to Pastor Charlie Matz and to Kendra Howard and all the work that they've done to make this podcast happen. And we're very thankful for them. If you want to learn more about our church, Compass Bible Church, Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.